We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and I am so honored that you are here for another week of the show. And if you're a first-time listener or viewer, welcome. You're in for a treat. This is the show where we talk about the game of life. We level up our game. We stop playing small. We stop getting off. We get off the sidelines and we get in the game. And none other than Trent Shelton is here in the studio to teach us a little bit about how we can show up as our best selves, how we can turn the adversities in our lives into purpose, how we can get out of our pain. We can stop playing reactive. We can stop playing small and we can really develop a level of self-worth and self-belief that reminds us that we can get through 100% of our hardest days. Trent Shelton is an incredible motivational speaker. He's a self-worth coach. He is the new author of this incredible <laughs> book, Protect Your Peace, and many others. Um, he's also a podcast ho- host of Straight Up with Trent Shelton, and he's about to grace us with his wisdom and his medicine today. So I hope you're excited and ready to be inspired. Trent, welcome to the show. Sorry, thanks. That's an incredible introduction. So yeah, thank you. I course. appreciate you. You are somebody who I have watched from afar for years. Um, really, I think you were one of the first like quote unquote influencers I remember coming across in the personal development, like mental health space years ago when I was starting my own journey. Yeah. Um, right before we started recording, I told you just a brief little bit about me and 2018, I lost my mom and I know you've recently lost your mom. And so mm-hmm. we're part of a club we didn't yeah, really ask to sure. be in, you know, but that was such a transformative time for me. And it was actually then when I was like trying to figure out how can I learn to be okay with something that I am really not okay with. And I remember watching your rehab videos then and feeling like, okay, this is a little, there's something about this that is sparking something in my heart and in my soul that's like, not just pay attention to this, but like he's speaking to you. Like, and I know just from hearing a little bit of what you've shared in some of your talks and in your podcasts and stuff, a lot of times when you're speaking to the audience, you're also speaking to yourself, right? um, which I can really relate to. Just take me back to several years ago when you started, you know, you transitioned out of football and you made a pivot. You know, and you're like, I'm going to sort of reinvent myself and find a new purpose because you had been on one path for a really long time of playing ball. And then I know when people transition, we have a ton of athletes, ex-athletes on the show. There's like an identity crisis that people can go through when you've been doing one thing for so long and you're known for that. And then you make a pivot. Talk to me about what that was like and how you found yourself in the space of motivation and mental yeah. health. Give me just a little bit of background on your story personally. Yeah. Um, I always say rock bottom saved my life because yeah. you're right. Since I was probably two, <laughs> I had two older brothers. I was playing sports and 
when that came to a halt in 2009, it's like, what do I do with my life? And, you know, I always like to explain this to people. It's like losing your everything, whatever that is for you. Just imagine losing that. And it's like, what do I do with my life? And two situations really woke me up. My son at the time and my son, I'm going to just be honest, he wasn't planned at the time, but it was my greatest unplanned blessing ever in my life to change my life. And the second thing was, you know, one of my best friends committed suicide and I'm an introvert by nature. I never want to be a speaker. If you ask my dad, he still gets surprised today that I do what I do. But it was my commitment to him that I want to help people know their self-worth. And it started with myself. So me being in my parents' room, uh, just getting cut, not wanting to go out because I didn't want to deal with people ask, asking why I'm my home. Um, that was the first moments where I start realizing that what you internalize, what you suppress will turn into depression. And I was depressed. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking around my room at the trophies. Uh, and I said, is this it? And something in my soul said, this is just the beginning. But I had to control what I can control. And I couldn't focus on the external things like, are they going to sign me back? Or how is this going to work? I said, what can I control that's in my control right now? And you talk about personal development. I wasn't in personal development. Like Lil Wayne was my personal development. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the music was. And I said, no, I'm going to start reading books. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start working on my body. And that was the easier part because I was an athlete. But I said, I'm going to start also working on my soul. And that's where it started. You know, it was just me authentically trying to help my own life. And I guess other people could relate. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like for, uh, for me, one of the things that I think you probably can relate to is like pain is a motivator. Absolutely. Right. And it can motivate you to go in a couple, like multiple different directions to, I think culturally we're taught to numb it. We're taught to right. suppress it. And, or we take a different path and, for me, pain has been, originally I would thought pain was an enemy. You know, I thought pain was my opponent. I thought pain was who I was up against and I was fighting against every day. And how can I avoid pain at all costs? How can I defend against that? And so it made me create walls yeah. against pain. Yep. But it also blocked out love and connection and intimacy and more than anything, like authenticity with myself about being real because I was so afraid to be honest about how much pain I was in. Mm -hmm. What was the bridge for you to get in touch with your own pain and start to express what had traditionally been repressed? Because I think that's the anecdote is to express it when we've been taught to repress it? Yeah, I think the first step for me in that was expressing it, but realizing that other people needed it. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, oh, snaps, like I didn't just go through this for me. Like people think purpose is just for yourself. Purpose mm -hmm. is not just for you. It's about the people in your future. If you decide to embrace your pain and embrace your adversity, that's going to learn from your story. Mm -hmm. And so once I started to share and I realized like, wait a minute, there's a deeper purpose to my pain. And if you look at any foundation of power, pain is there, right? Any foundation of strength, struggle is there. So it, it took me rewiring my brain around it. And so now I tell myself in everything that I do, I mean, I just ruptured my Achilles two years. I mean, like 2022, mm -hmm. I could barely walk, almost got my foot cut off. And yeah. the first thing I said was, this is power. And it's hard to say that, right? It's like, okay, I hear y'all, but I literally trained my mind to say, okay, how can I turn this current situation into a better situation for my life. And so, you know, I had to get confidence in myself. It was a little bit afraid to share and open up, but I realized, man, I can't be afraid of people judging me because number one, everybody judging you is imperfect anyway. And I refuse to have this silent battle kill me inside for anybody else. Cause I did that for too long in my life where I'm smiling for the camera, but dying behind the scenes. And I had to release that. So the healing that I felt in the release, even though it was scary, and even though I was unsure of my path, it just felt like internally it was something right. Mm -hmm. And it was some healing happening in my life. So I got addicted to saying, you know what? Let me give my pain to the world. Let me share it in a creative way or speaking or spoken words, but let me figure this out because I can't keep this inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... It can, pain can be a portal. It's like a portal to transform that into something else, maybe more purposeful and 
maybe something that actually can transform not just you, but the world yeah. around you, or we can choose to avoid it and, and become even more disconnected yeah. from our purpose. And I see that so often. Um, it, it just, it, when I observe and look around at the people around me and I, and I think back on my own journey too, there were times when I was like, I wasn't, I didn't have the tools. I didn't know how to sit with and be with my pain, much less express it. So part of it is like taking off these masks and right. being like willing to be real, That's right. which is why I think so many people, 60 million people who turn into your content yeah. every single week resonate with you because you're, you're like, this is how it is, you yeah. know, and we need that level of rawness and authenticity, but that doesn't come naturally for so many people. Yeah. What we've been taught, especially as men, and this is my, like my heart for men is I think in some ways our culture teaches men, like you're as strong as how much you can endure alone. Yeah. How much can you take? Oh, the more I can take, the more, the more powerful, more strong I am. And I think your, just your message in general teaches people the opposite. It's like your strength is in your vulnerability and in your honesty. Do you have any specific like advice or, or tips for men or anybody out there listening who are struggling with kind of owning their own truth yeah. in what's happening in, in their internal world versus masking or pretending or putting on this kind of show for the world? Yeah. I think there's two quotes that come to my mind that I've always said, number one is, I don't believe strength is shown in how much you can hold on to. I believe it's shown in how much you can let go of. And I really believe that. The more you can let go, the more you can open up, the more you can say, this is me, um, the more you can let down the mask. Because this is the thing about wearing masks. It's kind of like Halloween. You know, nobody's gonna recognize the you that they need because you have a story. So if I have this mask on that everything is perfect, what about the, per the person that's, put in my path to benefit from my story or what I'm going through, or even if I need help. You know, I told my, I coach 707 football and I told my boys on Monday night, the strongest words that a man, anybody can say is I need help. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? You're going to find the answer. You're going to get help from somebody. And the second thing that I would tell people um, watching this is you'll never win your war by running from your battles. Mm -hmm. That reality doesn't change. It stays there. Mm -hmm. So the only, the only way to get through it, is to face it. You'll never fix what you're not willing to face. And it doesn't make you weak because you go through things. That's not weakness. Mm -hmm. To me, that's strength. Weak is pretending like you don't have any weaknesses and acting like nothing is going on with your life. When we all know we all have something, even myself right now, I have the things that I'm dealing with. Um, but it doesn't take away from my brand. It doesn't take away from my expertise. Yeah. Um, it just makes me real. It makes you human. That's right. Yeah. And none of us are exempt from trauma or Nobody. pain or hardship or uncertainty, you know, the things I keep, life keeps asking me to relearn and That's remember right. over and over and over. It's like, is what you said, your strength is in your, your willingness to let go. Oh. And we live in a culture that's like, we're so attached. We're attached to our phones or attached right. to our identities, our views of ourselves, the people in our lives. And when you go through loss or life starts to strip away the things that don't serve you, maybe it's friendships that, you, you know, no longer serve you or a job that you no longer align with or a relationship there. Then for me, I'm in a season of like being stripped away. Yeah. And when things start to be removed, there's all this spaciousness in your life where these things used to take up space. Right. And I, I keep asking myself, what's left over? Like, who am I without these things that I've been so attached to at my core? And how can I source my peace and my happiness from here versus in those external things? Right. This book that you've written, Protect Your Peace, mm -hmm. talks about three different, I know at least three different principles in it about protecting your energy, protecting your mind, and protecting your soul. Yeah. I want to talk about all three of these a little bit, but I want to start with the mind yeah. because our mind, in my opinion, is really our greatest opponent. For sure. 
all the stories, all of the chatter, all of the belief systems, all of the conditioning that tell us to be a certain way. And if I'm this, then I'll be successful. If I look like this, then people will love me. If I have X, Y, and Z, that my peace is in the perfection of my circumstance, Mm. right? If I can just make everything the way I want it to be, then I'll be at peace. But like you said, you can't be at peace or you can't win the war if you won't face the battle. Right. I always say like, you can't be at peace if you're at war in your mind. That's right. So talk to me about how you protect your mind in order to protect your peace. Yeah, there's so many ways. Um, one of the principles in protect your peace is disconnect often. Mm-hmm. And disconnect often, such a robust principle because there's different ways like, I'll disconnect off the grid. I'll disconnect in nature. Like I'm nature's, I love nature. I'll probably go hike out here at some point because I believe nature is, yeah. is, is just the natural soul. Uh, I mean, natural medicine for your soul. And so for me, it's about being able to let go, disconnect from the things in the world because there's so much noise. You pick up your phone, there's people telling you how to live. Yeah. There's so much information. And so you have to, I love when you say strip away because- when you're in that season, it sucks, right? But I've always, I know in my life, it took me being perfectly lonely, mm. everything stripped away for me to realize how to perfectly love myself. And in that season, it sounds cute now, but in that season, you know, it was tough. Mm. But I realized who I was without the noise. And I asked myself this question is like, who is Trent Shelton without all these things? When I lost the NFL, I realized like, wait a minute, who am I? And so I've been relentlessly working on myself in my mind to be able to, what I call, I think is the most important thing is control my perspective. Mm -hmm. I believe perspective equals peace. I believe your perspective can be one or two things, either your prison or your power. Yeah. And some people might listen and they're like, easier said than done, Trent, or easier said than done. That's a prison perspective because now you're finding an excuse. A power perspective says, listen, this sucks. This is hard. But no matter how hard it is, I'm going to make sure I get it done. Mm-hmm. And so me shifting my perspective all the time by asking myself this question, I'll, I'll, and it seems so simple. When things used to happen in my life, Tori, I would say, what does this mean? When I got cut, this means my career is over. Mm. When I lost certain things, this means I lost certain things. And that was me. And usually we develop meanings based upon our understanding or our past experiences. Mm-hmm. This simple adage of words has changed my life. When things happen to me, I no longer say, what does this mean? I say, what is this going to mean? And it seems so simple by adding those words. Mm-hmm. But by saying, what is this going to mean? It puts the power in my hands. I can now say, this is going to mean this is over, but something new is beginning. This is going to mean I'm going through a, a storm, but I know storms are necessary for growth to happen. This means my life is going to change. You know, um, me losing my mom and almost losing my daughter two days later, my grandmother two weeks later. This means that, you know, I'm going to get a different perspective on how to really cherish and realize that forever comes with an expiration date. So I'm coming up with these things to serve me and that puts the control in your hands. And so that's how I win this war in my mind. That's constantly trying to tell me that I'm not enough. Yeah. That's constantly trying to tear me down. So that perspective shift is everything for me. I didn't know that about your, your daughter and about your grandmother and and just sensing your energy, but also just like witnessing how you share your story and, I know because I can rec- I can recognize that other people because I've experienced it myself. You only get to that point. I'm not going to say you only, but oftentimes people get to that point where they're able to find a new perspective and they're looking for a new meaning and a new story to tell and a new narrative. Cause we're always going to find evidence for the story that we believe to be true. Facts. Right. Facts. <laughs> but because you're like, I don't want to live in the, powerless story anymore. Like what is my other option? And it takes, like you said at the very beginning of the show, like getting to the rock bottom to be able to see, like I can either live in despair and powerlessness and feel like everything's happening to me, or I can take this other perspective and be like, 
what am I going to do about it? How am I going to transform the situation? Because otherwise we're hopeless, right? right? And you, you're, you can be a carrier of light and hope for people because you've, I know, and I, I don't have to know you well to know you've been in some dark places at times. Absolutely. Right. And that's the, I say this, I said this this week, um, on something I was sharing is like the treasure you, the treasure you're seeking is in the cave you fear to enter. Mm. That's real. But none of us want to go into that cave. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're just like, give me, give me the treasure, baby. Give me the success. Give me the money. Give me the, give me the beautiful relationship, the beautiful family. But that doesn't come. I've never met, like you were saying earlier, anybody who has those things that hasn't worked on themselves and gone through a lot of shit to get there. That's right. And so part of it is like, stop avoiding the hard stuff because that's in where you're like refined. Embrace it. So I'm curious for you in the mental battle, Mm -hmm. what are the stories that you've had to work hardest to overcome about yourself? I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, will they still love me? Mm-hmm. When is this going to be over? Um, those are things that I often, you know, tell myself, or even this is the big one is, who am I going to lose next? I can relate to that. And especially with success, because every level of success in my life, I lost people I cared about. And not to death, but friends, circle, mm-hmm. every level. And it almost put a, it did put a negative connotation around success. I fear people say fear of failure. No, I feared success mm-hmm. because I knew things were going to change with people around me. And so I've always taught myself since I was little and I had to go back and do this like deep work. I'm like, this seed was playing when I was like six because I never, I didn't like the attention on me because I didn't want people to say, you know, feel jealous yeah. or get envious. Yeah. And so I've taught myself over the years to shrink myself. I find it very hard to receive compliments. Mm-hmm. I find it very hard to embrace those things. So I had to work through that mm-hmm. and I had to like really shift that story and kill that negative story I was telling myself. But that's the thing, success. Yeah. So every level I'm like, okay, who am I going to lose next? And so I've throttled down of going full speed so much because I fear what success will bring. I mean, that hits me and all the all the places because yeah. that has been a story of mine. And I, I remember someone saying this, I can't remember if it was Dean or who it was like, mm-hmm. you know, you ride an elevator up, you got to stop on some floors and let some people off. Yeah. But there is a rewiring that has to happen. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys listening can relate to us. It's like this fear of, the comfort and the familiarity of the people and the things that you have in your life. And then the, again, the releasing and the letting go, being willing to let go of things that maybe don't serve you anymore or aren't in alignment or aren't, you know, helping you to continue to elevate is one of the biggest things for me too, that has like made me shrink and hold on and grasp. And there's like an energy and I want to talk about how to protect your energy too. There's an energy yeah. around holding on. Yeah. Like I can feel it in my body. There's like a, a desperation yeah. of like, don't leave me. I don't want to let you go. You know what I mean? How can we all go together? And there's life is like, but this isn't about them. This is about you. That's right. <laughs> you know, this is about your transformation. And I've had to remember like the, the things that are meant for you won't miss you, like won't pass you by. And people say that, but like when you're losing shit, Sorry. you're like, really? Yeah, you know, yeah. really? I don't want to hear that right now because it feels like everything's being stripped sure. away and taken away from me. But when, when less you have that perspective, you're going to feel just, when I have it, when I lose sight of perspective and lose, I get so zoomed in on what I'm losing or the pain, I lose the ability to see how all of this is serving and guiding me and, and, and showing me like this is my next stage of evolution and growth. Talk to me about your energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I just talked about, there's like a a energy of desperation. There's an energy of possibility. There's an energy of abundance. There's an energy, like we can feel and tap into energies of gratitude. 
But also just, we all have an energy tank of what we can give. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're not going to play full out and stop playing small if we don't have energy in our tank. So talk to me about one, how do you keep your energy tank full given your you're a busy guy. You have yeah. a lot to do. You have yeah. a lot on your plate and also energetically internally. Is there a way that you can identify when you're like, this doesn't feel right to me personally. And how do I start to say, yeah, what's an energy of yes. And an energy of no. So talk to me, how do you feel your tank, your energy tank, keep yeah. that full. And also like, how do you discern energies within yourself of what, what feels right and good to you or what feels off? Yeah. It's so alignment with the book because one of the principles is eternal alignment. And I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, you might have to remind me because my yeah, brain yeah. will go all over the place. I but um, <laughs> when it comes to protecting your energy, you're right. Like, we don't have an infinite amount of energy. Yeah. And so many of us, we give it away so freely to things that waste our time and drain our life. And I hate to put it like that, but it's real. So ask yourself, is it being reciprocated? Like, what are you giving your energy towards? And if it's not something that's reciprocating something, then you need to set a boundary. And that's a principle in the book, set boundaries. We hear that a lot, oh, set boundaries. But some of us, there's a negative connotation to boundaries. We think boundaries are these walls that we put up. And I tell people, boundaries are only walls when people disrespect your boundaries and they build that wall. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are bridges, bridges that lead you to what you need. So if I say I need more peace in my life, I got to set a boundary with the things that are, that are taken away from my mm -hmm. peace. If I need more energy, I got to set a boundary and... I would tell everybody listening is like, that's internally. Cause it's not always pointing the fingers at everybody else. It's yeah. about accepting, you know, that you are responsible. So internally, what's a boundary you need to set? Maybe it's get on your phone. Maybe it's, you know, doing things that I call it distraction entertainment, like mm -hmm. being distracted by things. Okay. I'm guilty of that. And then the other one is exter external boundary. That's a boundary you need to set with people around you. Even your relationship, friends, not the bad people, like even with the good people. And so I've learned how to set boundaries and look at boundaries as, as bridges. What boundary do I need to set to create more peace, more energy, more joy in my life? And everybody's not going to like the boundary. Everybody might not receive the boundary. One of my crazy boundaries that people trip out over is like, I literally live my life on do not disturb. Mm. And I don't feel guilty about it. Like you, you probably won't be able to reach me before 12 PM, you know, unless it's something important. Um, at home. So my phone is on silent. That's the time for me. And it's not selfish as we know it's self-care because I show up as a better man, a better coach, et cetera, to the world when I take care of myself. So setting boundaries is, is very important. And then when it comes to the internal alignment piece, you know, this is, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's an internal knowing that you know what's right. Mm -hmm. And I think majority of us get it wrong because we judge what's right by external alignment. We say, oh, this is a great opportunity because it provides money. Right. I turn down stages all the time that provide good money, but I'm just not in, I'm not aligned with it because I know the opposite. I've done things that I wasn't aligned with and I did it because it looked good on paper and it was miserable. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten to a point in my life where my truth my yes to myself is more important than saying yes to someone else because that's what we do. We say yes to everything except ourselves. And what happens and you start a war within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so many of us do that. And then we resent people and we feel, and then our energy is depleted. And then we're, yeah, we're just like, oh, why did I say yes to this? I don't even want to go. I'm not even excited now. I'm, you know, whatever it is. And, and oftentimes we don't even, we don't even communicate our boundaries too. No. Well, and we, we don't know <laughs> that we even need them. Exactly. But um, you were just saying in this internal alignment, Yeah. you, there's a, a scale of no, like, I feel like there's a, a measurement, an internal measurement of how do you know you're in alignment? And that has to go to values. And you yep. talk about values and principles. Yep. Is this in alignment with my values? Because that's how we like make decisions. If, unless, if we don't know our values, then we don't know what to say yes to. That's right. And when we know our values, it becomes a lot easier to say no to things that are not it. So talk to us about how do you just start to, what are your values personally that you yeah. make decisions and you can identify this is in alignment or this not like this opportunity is a yes or it's a no based on my value system. And also like, do you have any advice for people who are struggling or maybe have not yet kind of 
articulated or identified what those are for them and how they can start to solidify that for yeah, them so themselves. One of my principles, AKA values is um, like I'm loyal to my pace regardless. Um, I know this is a lot of people who know sports, listen to this podcast and yeah. a pace setter is somebody who sets the pace. Okay. Uh, you watch a race, you usually have a person out there that's not even going to finish the race, but he sets the pace for the pack or she sets the pace for the pack. And if you get out of pace, you're going to be burnt out. And so I have to know my pace and my pace to some people might look like a turtle. They'd be like, Trent is moving slow. Why is he not doing more? To some people, I might look like a cheetah, but I refuse to run out of pace of comparison. And I think for most of us in the social media world, comparison has gotten our pace. Oh, yeah. We're saying, oh, I have to do that to be like this. I tell people, I've been doing this for 15 years. You shouldn't be at a year, you know, you shouldn't be operating at year 15 when you're at year one. Right. And so I had to learn how to be okay with my life. And it started with me knowing what I want for my life. Some people want it all. And that's great for me. I know it brings me peace. I don't need it all. I just need these certain things. So principle and pace is a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. Another principle is obviously family. It's obviously my peace. Mm -hmm. I prioritize my peace. That's at the top of my list. If my peace says no, then I am not doing it. And I've had arguments with people. I had people call me dumb and stupid. You're dumb for not taking this. But when my peace is telling me no, and this is another thing I'll tell you, Tori, that I share with people and they kind of look at me sideways. But I always say this. I'm not loyal to people. I'm loyal to my principles. Some of us were so loyal to people. And that's why we are depleted. That's why we are hurt. Our loyalty has become our slavery. And so mm -hmm. some of us have our loyalty in the wrong things. And so I take my loyalty back and say, you know what? I'm going to be guided by my principles, not my loyalty. Because my principles say, I can't do this. My loyalty says, yeah, anything for you. I'll keep giving to you. Okay, yeah. You know, so that has really helped me be able to stay in a place of uh, not getting burnt out in a place of just congruency in my life. I know a lot of people need to hear that one because I need <laughs> that as a reminder. Because I think we often are taught, at least for me growing up, I was taught that loving someone is it love is sacrificial and that I should even sacrifice my peace for you because that's a loving thing to do. And now I don't believe that anymore. Right. I don't, I, I don't think I have to martyr myself and neglect myself in order to love you. But I think there are a lot of people that do. Because right. I I lived that for a long time. And so I sacrificed my own peace to keep relationships or to keep people close that wasn't reciprocal. That's right. Right. And then I wonder why I, my needs weren't getting met. Well, one, they can't meet my needs and I'm not meeting my needs. That's right. <laughs> right. So part of it is realizing that you can find enough worth in yourself, that you are worthy of being taken care of. Instead of expecting everybody else to take care of you, part of it is this mature maturation process of learning, like, I have to be the person to protect myself. That's right. And that's something that I think can take a long, long time for people to learn. But it's so necessary if we want a life of like, and protecting your peace doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? No. <laughs> right? No. But because there's still sh shit that happens. Absolutely. But for, I think it's like, how do I maintain a level of groundedness and peace within myself, despite what's happening around me, Except, yeah. you know, despite the chaos or despite the, the adversity or what's happening, it's like, I can, I've got me and I'm going to protect that versus expecting anyone else to first. Right. You got to prove it to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the number one thing I always tell people. You tell people, number one, you set the tone for your life. Yeah, yeah. You tell people how to treat you by what you accept. Um, I believe as human beings, we're in control of two things. Uh, what you give. Nobody can stop you for giving, any, for, for giving anything. And the other thing is what you accept, right? We don't have to accept anything. But a lot of times we're being guided by our loneliness, our scarcity. So we'll accept things that we shouldn't accept and we settle, right? We settle in life. Every time I settle in my life, it led to a suffering. Mm. Settling leads to suffering. So I'm going to tell people how to treat me by how I treat myself. I'm going to tell people how to respect me by how I respect myself. And I know that's changed because you're right. We want people to give us 
number one, what we're not willing to give ourselves. We want somebody to love us more than we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so once I did the work and it was hard and mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out. But once I did that work to say, you know what? I'm going to give myself peace. Like some of us, we're expecting somebody to give us peace. We're expecting us, somebody to give us support, but we don't support ourselves. We're expecting somebody else to give us belief, mm -hmm. but we don't believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it starts with you. It starts with you proving it to yourself. And it's hard. It's hard to look around. You realize like, dang, nobody supports me or nobody loves me the way I want. But the question I would ask you is, are you loving yourself the way that you want? Mm -hmm. Let's start there. Because then I believe energy. I believe alignment starts to happen where people see, oh, I can't take advantage of this person. Like this guy or this girl, they're really in tune with themselves and they move around. But if you keep giving chance after chance and you keep expecting somebody to give you something, they're going to give you a settled version of yourself, mm -hmm. period. They're going to give you what they want to really take from you. And that's a whole other conversation we can go into. But I think a lot of times, you know, in my life where I've fell short was I was allowing people, I was being a slave to other people's perception of me. Meaning that this is who I have to be to be loved by you. This is who I have to be in this industry <laughs> to be accepted by this industry. Then I got to a point where I say, you know, I'm going to be myself. And if I don't, if I'm not the professional guy, cool. I'll be the purposeful guy and I'll make room in that lane. So I think it, you know, it starts with you at the end of the day. Yeah. A thousand percent. You have a quote that says, no one can beat me at being me. <laughs> yeah. I, do, yeah. I yep. love that. Yep. Like I am, I'm going to use that. I found yeah. it recently. I'm like, okay. Okay, this I, I'm gonna stick with this because this takes you to the the comparison game. Everybody's like, who do I need to be? Yeah. Tell me who I need to be so you love me. Tell me who I need to be so you'll stay. Tell me who I need to be so I belong and I fit in and da 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 da. And so we morph and we contort ourselves and we pretend and we wear masks and we're like, I'll be this, I'll be this, and we become a chameleon. But part of owning your power. Your yeah. superpower is being you That's right. like that. No one else is you and no one can beat. That's a game. No one can beat you, yeah. at. but you're not. So many people aren't even playing that game, the, the game of being themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you run into somebody who's authentic and real and like, here's all of me, you're like, they're playing a game. I don't know. How, I don't know. How do you, how do I do that? <laughs> right? Like it's so refreshing. And so, in, right. because it's so uncommon. Why do you think, why do you think that is? And then also, uh, why is it so hard for us to just be who we are? I think we're afraid that we won't be accepted. I think we've been programmed as kids mm -hmm. that we're not enough. We need to be something else to be accepted by this world. I mean, you look at uh, products, you look at all these things, the world society is teaching us that you need more of whatever it is to actually be accepted in life. So I think it starts there. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it is the comparison game. And I think it's the, even how you're brought up, you know, I think it's the environment that you're in, you know, as kids, we're always trying to please our parents, right? We're always on this journey of trying to please our teachers. So mm -hmm. like, Oh, I have to be perfect in order to be loved. And so that's something as a parent that I've been working on is like, I'm going to love you regardless. I'm not just going to celebrate your perfection. I'm going to celebrate your progression. I'm going to celebrate your mistakes at times. I'm going to sit you down to my girls and be like, you don't have to, you know, uh, be, you know, success, success, success in order to be loved. I love you because you are who you are. And I think when you get that validation uh, from people that you care about, and that's why it's so important, y'all. Like, I know we're talking about like other people around you, like getting rid of other people and things like that, but it's also to have the right people around you that makes team. you feel like you're enough and that lets you know that you're worthy and that celebrates you in your imperfections. Because I've learned this story and I think this is kind of where I got to this place was, have you ever like been perfect, right? And it still wasn't enough for somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized like, <laughs> even my perfection is not enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let me just be who I am and share this journey of mine and if you can't love me or accept me in my imperfection, then I don't need you in my most perfect moments. Then I realize what it is. And so I think it's a combination of all of those things. It's, we feel like we're not enough in the world. And when you break that mindset and realize that you were created enough, I'll even ask you this. I ask everybody like, what the fuck? Let's, what's enough? What is enough? Nobody knows. 
Nobody knows. I, I asked, I went on tour and I asked this question across the world because the number one issue with us as humans, it all comes down to, I don't feel like I'm enough. And I said, okay, well, what's your definition of enough? Nobody Perfect. knows. Exactly. It, yeah. Perfect. That's or, the standard. I'm enough for this person. And I said, oh, that's mission impossible. What if you just took this truth? And I know it sounds super motivational, but it's true. I was created enough. Mm. And if you start there, because you were, and it's a lot easier to go through life and, and build upon that. Well, you think about it. A uh, friend of mine or mentor, Peter Crone was on the show and he says, you know, think of why do we love babies? They have no resume for what, (laughs) for being enough. That's right. All they do is eat and shit and cry (laughs) and sleep. They're enough for, we love them unconditionally. They haven't proved that they're worthy of love for any other reason because they are here. That's right. And that has helped me to remember. It's like, I've always been enough. I was, I was enough the moment I was born. You know what I mean? And it's all the things I've learned that I need to unlearn that have taught me that I'm not. That's right. It's, it's, it's a conditioning and a, a f- illusory belief system. That's not real. I'm, it's not real. It's only as real as I believe it. And I'm attached to that story. And if I'm willing to let it go, there's all this, like, oh, I can breathe. Like what would happen if I actually believed that? I asked a question to, we have a call Mondays with our community called the huddle and we all get together and we talk about all the, all the things we're learning and growing through and, and creating. And I, I asked them a question, who would you be if you woke up tomorrow and you were completely healed? Mm-hmm. There was nothing to work on. You were enough. How would you show up? What would you do? How would you play full out? Like, how would you think about yourself? And I, we're so almost addicted to our not enoughness that it gives yeah. us something to constantly work for and achieve, you know? And it's like, but what if it was complete and I was, I was done with my healing? Like, how would I, how would things be different? And that has like transformed. It's like, what if I create from that space versus this create creating from a lack That's right. of not being enough oh, yeah. all the time? I, th- I always say, um, well, I've been saying lately and people, <laughs> people online get a little bit upset with me about it, but I just got to a point. I said, man, we're addicted to our sad story too yeah, much. Yeah. Like, that's all we tell is our sad story. We when does it change? <laughs> like, that's my biggest fear. I told people, man, I didn't want to be the grandfather telling about when I got cut from NFL my I whole know. entire life. I said, nah, you know, just because you have some bad chapters doesn't mean your story can't end well. So I decided to turn the page and like, I'm not going to be addicted to my sad story no more. And when people hear that, they cringe, they get upset, but you don't understand. Like this person, I said, listen, I get it. But it's your responsibility to turn the page. That's what happened to you in the past. And so I'm with you with that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can sort of become our badge of honor. It's like, oh, now, now our identity is the thing that happened to us. And I, the ego is tricky. Yep. The ego wants to be the most of anything. Yeah. Even if it's, I was the most betrayed, or I was the most That's hurt, right. or I was the most neglected, or I was the most, I've been through the most pain. And we hold on to that. And that's the way the ego can sort of like trick us into thinking we're, we're the most of something. That's we're right. right. We're right about our, our anger. We're right about our feeling bad for our, our victimhood. And it's like, yeah, but my soul wants to be free. <laughs> it was, it's crazy you say that because that is like, when people ask me, even with Protect Your Peace, like, how's like, what is the thing that, that helped? And I was like, I stopped trying to be right. Mm. Exactly what you said. I stopped trying to be right. Mm-hmm either being right to anybody else or even in myself, this is my perspective. I just stopped trying to be right. And mm-hmm. I just started to live and accept and heal. And so I think that's very powerful when you disarm the ego and say, you know what? I'm not trying to be right no more. I'm just trying to heal. I'm trying to progress with my life. And that's helped me so much with protecting my peace from others as well as myself. Okay. Yeah. So, so true. What do you say to people? Cause there are quite a few people who grow grew up in environments that were st- Chaotic, right? So what do you say to people who don't, they've never experienced peace. Like they are, they're familiar, they're normal, their home and homeostasis within themselves is living in a tumultuous, chaotic state all the time. And they think that that's their baseline. They wake Mm -hmm. up, everything's a tizzy. 
they're immediately working from behind. They, whatever reason, or they just grew up in a family where they had to be the adult or mom was working or dad wasn't around and, or they were fighting and it was anything but peaceful. What do you say to those people who maybe they're like, man, this sounds great. I would love to be at peace, but like my, my baseline is chaos. How do you start to open the doorway to peace for those people? Or is, what do you want them to know? I would first tell you this, that happiness is still an option. Mm. Regardless of how you've been brought up or what you're going through, it's still an option. And you have to go on that journey. Peace doesn't mean that chaos doesn't exist. It means the chaos doesn't kill the calm inside you. Peace knows that the storm is still there. Peace is not like, oh, it's no storms out here. No, it's that the storm is here, but the storm shall pass. That's what peace says. And so you have to go on an internal journey of figuring out what that looks like for you. I wish I can tell you A, B, C, D, F, G steps, but you have to first disarm yourself. And I'm not telling you just to leave an environment. I know some environments you can't leave. If you can't leave certain environments, you have to change your mindset in that environment and ask yourself, as you said earlier, like, what does it look like for you, right? What does your worthiness look like for you? For me, it was my faith. For me, it was getting rid of things in my life that was taken away from my peace. That's number one, because you will never heal, and I'll stand on this, by staying in the pain, ever. So it's hard to experience peace consistently when you're in pain consistently. So I would write down a list is, what are the things, I like to call them peace stealers in my life. Mm. What are the things that are still in my peace? Mm -hmm. And you got to X those things off the, off the list and you got to take action because we can tell you all these things, but if you don't take action, nothing is going to happen in your life. Perfect. And so you have to make the uncomfortable, hard decisions. And I know it's tough. I know it's, Lord, I get this one all the time. Easier said than done, right? I get it. Everything is in life. But when you realize that, to me, it's life or death, mm -hmm. whether that's even a physical death, but definitely a mental death and a spiritual death, I have to get it done. And I have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And excuse me if I'm misjudging, but sometimes you really ain't sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because when you really get fed up, and you'll figure it out. And so you got to first go on that journey and say, what do I need in my life? What do I want to experience in my life? And peace doesn't mean perfect, but I can't stay in situations that I know for sure is mission impossible for me to experience peace. Amen. Yes. I mean, I think what you just gave people is permission and an invitation to take responsibility that peace is there. It's, it's, it's an inside job. thousand percent. It's an inside job. And despite, you know, the storm or whatever your environment is, like it's possible to find a... I have a thing on my wall that says, be still. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. That's right. Be still and know. Sometimes we can't know something because we're moving at such a quick pace, right? We're so distracted. Like you're saying, your pace is so important. I invite you guys to be still, like get quiet. Because you have an internal reservoir of wisdom and medicine and like an internal pharmacy that your soul wants to like right. give you. But we, if we can't access it, if we're like, if we're not still, if we're not quiet, if we can't even like listen to ourselves. And I love what you just said. It's like this, it's a call to action of taking responsibility for your own, for your own peace and for your own internal state. Cause there's a world as big as the world. This is the thing I've been realizing, remembering it's like as big as the world is out there, all the countries I've never been to, all the things I've never seen, all the people I've never met. And it's when I think about it, it's like overwhelming, but there is an internal world that is just as big. Right. <laughs> and most people have never ever, whether through meditation or breath work or plant medicine, anything, access that internal world, but there are doors. If you go in this, you know, your subconscious will bring it up and, and there, and your breath, your body, it's, it's wise. Like it wants to heal you. But I also say it's like, you can't heal what you hate. Mm. So you were talking about acceptance earlier. It's like, if we're so right about our pain and our, our victimhood and how bad we've had it, it's like, I, I I'm in an energy of hate and resistance to this thing. That's right. And I can't heal from that place because what resists persists, right. <laughs> which we all hear, but we mean it. The more I'm like, mm, 
have this energy of resistance. It shouldn't be this way. The more it will be this way. Yeah. So part of it is like opening up through, for me, a stillness of like, what would it feel like in my body to relax? Yeah. What if I had a faith that told me that there was a God or a source or a loving entity of whatever kind, I can call it whatever I want, that loved me so much that I could afford to relax? Yeah that I didn't have to figure it all out in this moment or I had to be in control of everything. And that, when I access that, man, is there an exhale that I can access that's deeper than anything I can control on like a chessboard or something of life. I want to end by talking about how you protect your soul and your fulfillment and Mm -hmm. what success means to you now. Because I would imagine... Success looks a little different to you than maybe it did in your past. Yeah. Um, how do you protect your soul and what does that mean when it comes to living a life that's truly fulfilling and satisfying at a deep, deep soul level? Not one that's like, yeah, I'm happy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fulfilled. Yeah, life's good, <laughs> you know? You know when people are faking it. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? I want to say something real quick. Yeah. Just to back up on, I would just tell people to like, go find out. Like you already know what pain feels like, what your worst life, worst life, go find out, go find that. And that's what happened with me. I just went to go find out. I didn't know it was something better for my life. I just went to go find out. Cause I knew what I didn't want. I knew right. that life. This is So just go find out, you know, <laughs> see where it takes you. I guarantee it takes you somewhere incredible, mm-hmm. but go find out, mm-hmm. go prove yourself wrong or right. Wherever your mindset is. Um, when it comes to protect your soul, I feel like this is probably the most important. And there's three principles in there, but I'll stick with, I want to say, I'll stick with one, but I want to say this one really quick. One of the principles in protect your peace is simplify happiness. And I think what we do a terrible job of as human beings, even myself, is that we overcomplicate happiness. You talked about babies, right? My four-year-old daughter, all my kids really, but my four-year-old daughter really brought this to light to me when she comes in my room and she's just like, singing that is morning. At mm-hmm. first I'm like, it is six o'clock. Like, please go back to sleep. And I'm realized like, man, my daughter is just happy that it's morning. And I know we talk about this and like appreciate the day. And I know we say these things, but do you really understand that forever comes with an expiration date? And I know you understand that. Yeah. Do you really understand that? Once you really understand that you like, man, I got a roof over my head. I got people I can love. I got a you know, a podcast or whatever it is, there's so many things to appreciate. And I really believe that, I know chemically depression is a thing, but I really believe that it's hard to feel depressed when you focus on all the reasons why you're blessed. And so start there. Stop having the long list of happiness. Oh, Starbucks line gotta be short. I gotta have no traffic. Like it's mission impossible. Like how can you make happiness so easy that you obtain it automatically? So I wanna say that. But the main principle we talked about fulfillment. Yeah. And- Fulfillment looks different for everybody. When my mother passed away, it showed me a lot about life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it showed me, and we hear this all the time about the U-Haul and the hearse, but I realized that her life was not multiplied by her possessions. It was multiplied through our purpose. Her possessions went away, went to her grandkids, which is awesome. But we're really has lived on was the purpose that she lived. And so that was a wake up call for me. Even though I had a good idea of that, I said, oh snaps, like all these things, the world, the world's gonna move on from you. You might get five minutes of some rest in pieces. You might get a few people bringing flowers to your grave. And so you gotta really focus on like, what's fulfilling your life. And some of us, and I'm not judging you, but you are literally working your life away. And I have seasons of that too. I'm in one right now. But I never lose sight of what's important to me, what matters to me, because some of us are chasing empty fulfillment. We're chasing things. It's like that have a a infinite hole at the bottom of it that even when we fill it up and catch it, we're excited for two minutes and we feel drained again. So I would challenge you to ask yourself, what matters most to you in your life? Who matters most to you? And live your life doing that. Who cares if it's a blue check by your name? Who cares you make make all the money in the world? I'm not telling you that, but if you have no peace in your life, does a million dollars matter? If you have no peace in your life, does significance matter? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
And so fulfillment for me is this definition. Time divided by what matters most. So on a scale from one to five, ask yourself, who matters most in my life? I call them the fives in your life. The people that you cherish, you love, you want to spend all the time with. If you're a loner like me, the list isn't long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then also, it's how much time are you spending from one to five? Mm. So a lot of people in this world, Tori, are spending a one amount of time with people that they say it's a five. Yeah. I love these people, but I'm not around these people. I love these friends, but I'm not cherishing these memories. And I'll end with this. What life has taught me probably in the last three years is at some point, memories is all you have to hold on to. So make sure you go create them things. Mm -hmm. Make sure you live in your experiences. Because when it's all said and done, that's all that you have. Mm -hmm. And so that's fulfillment for me. Yeah. Doing what matters to me. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better. Because like you said, I know a lot of billionaires and millionaires who are not fulfilled. I know a lot of people who are quote unquote externally successful, who are, whose health is failing, whose kids won't talk to them, you know, uh, who feel alone, even in a crowded room. Yep. And, you know, you were saying this, you don't know how much time you have. Yeah. And this is heavy, but this is real guys. Like it's important that we come to terms with this, that we look at the facts, which is the fact is the only statistic that is hundred percent true for everybody is that we all going to die. And the, th the thing is when I think about like a shot clock, a game clock, you, I'm looking at this clock right now and every yeah. single second is passing. And you think about a game clock and the truth is none of us know if we're in the fourth quarter of our life right now. That's right. You think fourth quarter is going to come when you hit, oh, okay, I hit 70. <laughs> now I'm starting the fourth quarter, you know, no, my sister died at 23 years old. When she was diagnosed at 21, we had no idea she was in the fourth quarter. She was. And how we don't have to have that as a wake-up call. We don't have to go through that to, to cherish this moment. And what would happen if we played like you give your best in the fourth quarter. You're like, all right, I got to put everything out of this, everything that it's in the tank. I'm going to leave it on the field. You know what I mean? Yesterday was Super Bowl. One yeah. of the best games yeah, I have was, ever seen. Yeah, that was good. It was a great game. And they played to the last second. That's right. To the last second. And the other thing is when you think about that and you're like, I'm going to live today. Like, I don't know how much time I have. I don't know how much time these people have. I'm going to spend this conversation and have it as if this is the last conversation I'm going to have with you. And if I do, I'm gonna, I'm so glad how we share this time. That's right. You know what I mean? And that to me is fulfillment and satisfaction is that like, I don't look back and I have regrets about the time I spent and how I shared it and how I shared myself and how willing I was to be myself, Yep. you know? And, um, and lastly, and if you talk about the game, you know, if you give up, you don't know how close you are That's right. <laughs> to being on, like, to hitting that goal, you know? And if you give up, you won't, you'll never achieve whatever level of fulfillment or success or whatever it is if you quit. And, and I'm always reminded and inspired by people like you who refuse to quit. Your, your strategy might change. Yeah. Your your the weight in the pace in which you move might change, yep. but you're moving all forward. The time. All the time. You know what I mean? And if you're not moving at all, you're dying. You're dying. You're dying. Movement is a medicine. Absolutely. And what regret, I just gotta say this, because I believe regret is the greatest poison to the soul. Mm. And what helps with fulfillment is I write a regret list down. And you hit it on the head. Like, and I would just ask people listening to this, like. If your life was over today, or just say, I had a person tell me this too. They said, you're not old or young based upon your birthday, but your death date. Mm. He said, you could be an old 23-year-old, or you can be a young 55-year-old. None of us knows. Yeah. But I would write down a list of regrets like today. If their life ended or something happened or something changed, what would you immediately regret? Mm -hmm. And that's how I live my life. Because there's some times where, man, I regret not being present 
at my daughter's gymnastic class and being on my phone. I regret that. Let me change that because, yeah, I, I know those moments that when they're done, it's done. Can't get it back. Can't. Lastly, I'll just share this. I, I don't think I've shared this on the show before. There's a powerful practice. I've run it at my retreats and I've done it personally. I've, uh, it's called five minutes to live. I don't know mm. if you've done this, but um, it's a really powerful experiment. If you were to just put a timer, five minute timer and you sit down, basically I sit down and I say, all right, here's the exercise. Exercise. You got five minutes to live. This is a role. Obviously we're right. playing out a scenario and you put five minutes. What do you do? Are you asking me? What do you do? Uh, are, you, uh, Jerry, are you asking me? Think oh, yeah. About it. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either yeah, you can answer sure. or it's like, what do you do? It's like, who do you call? Mm, that's powerful. What what comes to mind? No, it's like, so, oh, what did I not what's what is my unfinished business? Who mm. who is what's the thing I the book I never wrote? The the grudge I held on to with my brother, my friend. Who would I, who would I call? And when I think about it, and I would love to hear what it is for you, like, especially after having experienced a lot of loss in my life, you know, I would, I'd look around this room and I would tell you, I love you. And I would take a deep breath. Now it feels what it feels like to be alive. Yeah. And I would appreciate this moment so much. And yeah, maybe I'd call my dad and I'd probably give every single one of you the biggest hug and hold you and smell the smells and hear the sounds. And when you think about that, you're like, man, life is fucking beautiful. Yeah. And it, even if I'm feeling really a lot of pain right now, I'm alive. It means I'm alive and I'm here for it. I'm curious, wow. what, what would that be for you? That is so powerful, by the way. Like. Hmm. <laughs> main thing that pops up is to make it right with some people for sure um let go of some grudges let go of the small stuff let go of wanting people to change for their better mm. and it irritated me because they're not and just letting them live and allow God to take them on their journey and um, I definitely would call and appreciate and express my love to people, because as an internal guy, I express it in different ways. But yeah, that's what I would do, mm. and I would just play full out okay. and make sure the world knows that, oh, man, that life isn't guaranteed and living your purpose. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So powerful. You're a force, my friend. So are you. You're making a big difference. You're saving lives, changing lives, helping people to access a level of peace that they don't even know is possible. Yeah. And, and that is a gift that the world really needs. Because what kind of world would we live in if we all could access peace? It'd be a lot less war, yeah. a lot less crime, a lot less fighting, a lot less of the things that... You know, so many people want us, want, I would love to see end, you know, may, maybe not in my lifetime, but this is a legacy and that will live on. Thank you. I appreciate you. It will. So you should really be proud of, of this work. And I want people to get this book. It comes out March 5th. Thank you. Yes. Tell people, please, how they can pre-order, where they yeah. can get this um, and anything else you just want to leave with our audience. Um, you can get it at trentshelton.com, um, Amazon. I mean, if you can bootleg it somewhere, go ahead, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to uh, get this book in their hands. Um, Protect Your Peace is something that has been special to me since 2009. And, um, you know, I think it's a, a foundational principle that will help change your life. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to know um, 
if I can give some final words, just this quote, you know, peace is something you'll never experience if you keep allowing the things you can't control to control you. So go on that deep journey of uh, internal alignment and, you know, give your gift to the world, mm. whatever that looks like. Yeah. Thank you for being the example, showing us the way and being willing to go first. You know, that's what a real leader is. So I, I appreciate that. I see you and um, anything we can do to promote and to, to support you. I am here for. So you guys, please go pre-order, get your hands on this book, wherever you go, get your books. I also listen and tune into his podcast straight up with Trent Shelton. I know he's been doing some readings yeah. out of this book yeah. and it's always good to hear it right from the author. You guys, um, if you love this episode, if you've gotten something from it, please share this with a friend um, and maybe screenshot us, tag us, let us know what you got from it, how this impacted you. And, um, you know, if anything, leave us a review, a rating. That's the best way to say thank you. Go over and make sure you follow Trent, Trent Shelton on all platforms. And I promise you, you will not, um, you will not regret it. It'll be something that just adds to your peace and to your power and to your purpose when you have him in your ear. So thank you for being here. I appreciate thank you, it. Tori. I appreciate you. Yeah. Till next time, you guys go be coachable. We'll see you next week on the coachable podcast.